Hello and welcome to Frank's World. I believe this is the fourth episode of the show. As always, if you want to learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, my website is behind-it-science.glitch.me and there you'll find articles for everything covered in the podcast, so be sure to check that out. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Frank couldn't sleep. It was four in the morning, which wasn't that crazy for him, but it was still later than he wanted to be up. And he had an important group meeting the next day, so he really wanted to be able to sleep, but he couldn't. He restlessly laid awake, still troubled by the conversation he had had with Steve. It had been on his mind for the past couple days, but he had tried not to think about it. But now, because the meeting was tomorrow, he had no choice but to think of it, and once he started, he just couldn't stop. For a good part of his life, he had felt content. He was rich, smart, and had all the time in the world to do whatever he wanted. He barely ever had any responsibilities, work or social. His parents were very rich, and because they were so busy a lot, he had plenty of time to explore and do the things that he wanted. He hated going to school, and as soon as he wasn't required to, he didn't. It's not that he didn't like learning. In fact, learning was his favorite thing to do in the whole entire world. He just hated being boxed in, with a set curriculum and letter grades and busy work and the whole lot of it. And after that, he never really got a real job either. His parents wanted him to, but he insisted that it was a terrible idea. It was basically just an extension of school. So he worked on his own, doing independent projects, research, inventions, and just general learning. He got to spend all of his time exactly how he wanted to, and he didn't have to worry about anything or anyone. He had everything he wanted. But now, being a part of the team, interacting with these other people, he no longer felt quite as content. Now he cared about the things like how his actions affect others and friendship and all things of the sort. And now he was realizing that maybe there was more to life. He sighed, angered at the fact that his life was getting more complicated. But maybe it really was for the better. He continued to question his entire existence for a while, and before he knew it, he could see the sun peeking through his window. He groaned, but he was partly relieved that it was daytime so that he could do something other than what he just was. After staying in bed for a little bit longer, he finally got up and got ready for the day. It was much earlier than he usually woke up, but it was actually kind of nice to get an early start. His servant was surprised indeed, but said nothing. Although Frank was relieved by the morning and not having to be alone with his thoughts anymore, he had a feeling of dread deep in his heart about the upcoming meeting, and he found himself getting quite nervous about it. He waited around all morning, not able to put his mind towards anything else. But after a while, he couldn't take the wait anymore, so he just had to uh, go in, even though it was early. He figured if he just got there early, he wouldn't have to feel so nervous about it anymore. He drove over to the building and put his things in his office. He did some snooping around the building to see if Lisa or Steve had arrived yet, as he wanted the meeting to start as soon as possible, but neither of them were in their offices yet. They didn't have to be for a little while, so he just sat down at his desk. After a few minutes, he noticed Agent Everett go by his door, but she hadn't seen him. He got up out of his chair and went to go find her. He saw her walking into the conference room and followed her in. With her back still turned, he spoke up. Agent, when is the meeting starting? She turned around and smiled when she saw his face, but then quickly hid it. Hello, Frank. I hope you're having a good morning, too, she responded sarcastically. Frank paused. Oh, I'm sorry. Her smile returned, and she looked down at the ground. 
You're fine, Frank. I was joking with you. We should be starting in around 30 minutes, I believe. You're early today. Yeah, I, I guess I am. I'm just eager to begin with the next mission, I suppose. Well, great. I'm glad you're excited. We have a lot to discuss. Frank nodded. Okay, well, I guess I'll just wait in my office then, he said. Wait, she said just as he was about to go. If you want, you can talk to me about anything. I know it's been difficult getting adjusted to doing this, and I can tell that you've been distant. I mean, maybe that's just who you are, but if there is something bothering you, you can talk to me. He contemplated her offer. He usually would never open up to someone, but he was running on zero hours of sleep, and in that moment, he didn't even care what was the reasonable thing to do. Maybe it would feel good to get all of his thoughts out, or maybe it would be awful. He didn't know. He had never really done it. But people always did it in his favorite shows, and he supposed Agent Everett didn't seem like an awful person to talk to. So he turned his head around and said, Okay. She looked at him and stood there. He looked back at her, waiting. After an awkward silence, he realized that she was waiting for him to start. He didn't realize he'd have to say his thoughts and feelings, like, right now. He, uh, she could see his discomfort. Here, pull up a chair, she told him. She, she sat down in the chair sitting next to her, and he went over to grab one from the table. I guess I just... Ugh, it sounds ridiculous. She looked into his eyes to signify that it was okay, that it didn't matter, that she would listen to him no matter how ridiculous it was. I've never had friends before, never tried to, and I've been good with that, but now that I'm here, saving the world, alongside a team full of people, I wish I was better at this, he blurted out while avoiding eye contact entirely. You want friends? she asked. Yes. Well, no. I don't know. I just wish I didn't push people away so easily. So why do you push people away? I don't know. Because I'm a jerk. That's just who I am. That's what the press says about me. They said that I'm just another rude, jerk, genius dude. And they're right. They're right. And that I can accept about myself. But I don't know. I don't want to be that. It's not like I wake up in the morning and think, let me find every possible way to be a jerk today. It just happens. It's just who I am. Frank, Lisa said. No, forget it, he responded. Frank, she repeated. He looked up at her. You're not a jerk. No one is a jerk by nature, incapable of change. You just have jerky actions. That's something you can work on. He shook his head. No, no, I don't think I can. It's just a part of me. It's who I am. You can use all the flowery language you want, but there's no denying it. He was working at more anger, but she just stayed still, looking at him. If you were a jerk, truly, you wouldn't want to stop being one, she responded finally. The fact that you want better for yourself, that this has been eating you up, that you care, shows that this does not define you. And I know that. You agreed to a spontaneous request to try to save the world. You've never been on a team like this before, and you haven't had to do responsibilities. This was way out of your comfort zone. But you're doing it, and you're doing it well. You're already on your way. Frank's breathing slowed, and a strange feeling came over his body. He looked at her, finally meeting her eyes. Thanks, he said. I only said the truth, she responded, and... If you want to have a shot at friendship between Lisa and Steve, I suggest just apologizing. He sighed, knowing she was right. Did they tell you what I did? He asked. Oh, 
No, I don't get involved with personal matters between you guys. He nodded. Frank, I can see it in you that you want to be a good person so badly, and that you want to make meaningful connections. You can do it. I know you can. He smiled at her. She smiled back. A few seconds later, Lisa and Steve came walking into the room. Agent Everett and Frank looked over at them and acted casual. Hi, guys. Glad you're both here, said Agent Everett. We're not late, right? asked Lisa. Oh, no, you're perfect. Frank and I have just been talking for a little bit. Lisa shot Frank a look. Steve did too, but less obviously. Frank just smiled back at them and brought his chair back over to the table. This time, he didn't sit in the back. Okay, so, first of all, let's review what Frank discovered on the last mission. His all-knowing being of leaves and bark let him know that Mother Nature becomes the moon each month on the full moon. So, what can we do with that? Well, aren't you going to tell us? asked Steve. You always tell us what to do. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, we have to do something on the full moon, but I'm not exactly sh exactly sure how to contact the moon. I was hoping we could all think of something together, she responded. Well, the full moon is on the 9th, said Frank. That gives us a solid two weeks to prepare anything we might need. What if we go up on a really high hill and just uh, yell as loud as we can, asked Steve. The entire team just looked at him. Never mind, he said. I take it back. No, no, the hill thing could work, said Agent Everett. I mean, we should be as close to the moon as possible. Just maybe not the yelling. Ooh, maybe we could shine giant lights up at the sky, said Lisa. But how would we communicate with lights, Steve asked. Well, I don't know, Morse code? Does Mother Nature know Morse code? She just shrugged. What if we get a really high-flying bird, and we tell it our message? Then it could fly up as high as possible and tell her, Steve said. No bird is going to be able to get up high enough to make any real difference, Agent Everett responded. Frank, do you have any ideas? What if we're able to produce a frequency high and loud enough to be able to, re to reach her, he asked. Everyone looked over. That's a great idea, Lisa said, happily. Everyone was in agreement. How would we do it, though? asked Agent Everett. If we come up with our message, I could convert it into the frequency. Then on the full moon, I could play it. No one else on Earth would even hear it. The only problem is, I don't know how she'll be able to respond, Frank said. Well, maybe if we transmit a message to her, she'll transmit one back to us. We could get some sort of device that can interpret it, said Steve. I'll make one, Frank responded. I bet I can whip something up in two weeks. Everyone was getting really excited about the plan. Over the course of the next two weeks, they executed the plan accordingly. Frank built the device they needed, and the others prepared everything else. They wrote the message that they wanted to emit out to space. Mother Nature, we know you are up there. Please communicate with us about what we can do to convince you to save humanity. They then converted that into the frequency. Now, all they had to do was wait. More days passed, and finally, it was the night of the full moon. They all found the tallest hill they could possibly find and hiked up it, telescopes, gear, and food in hand. They were actually having a pretty good time. 
Frank had not apologized yet. He didn't know if he could bring himself to do it, but he had been working alongside Steve and Lisa for the past two weeks, and it was going well. He thought that maybe they were starting to forget what happened, and the only one dwelling it was dwelling on it was himself. They had shared laughs and even conversations. Frank would never admit it, but he was enjoying it. Once they reached the top, they set up their stuff as they watched the sunset. It was actually quite a nice view. They could soon see the bright, full moon above them in the sky. It was marvelous. Okay, everyone, said Agent Everett. I think it's time. Frank prepared the devices. They all yelled out three, two, one, and he pressed the emit button. They couldn't hear anything, but they had to assume it worked. They watched the second device to see if there was a response. There wasn't. It's okay. Let's just wait a little longer. It might take a while for her to respond, Lisa said. Everyone nodded in agreement, but more time passed, and still nothing. Try pressing it again, said Agent Everett. Maybe it didn't go through or something. He shrugged and did it, but no response. Steve reached into his backpack. He had brought some lights as backup. Steve, I don't think those lights will be strong enough, Agent Everett said with a slight grimace. Can't hurt to try, he responded. So he did. No one thought it would work, but they still watched, wanting to be hopeful. But of course, there was no response. Should I try the yelling thing? Agent Everett made a hand gesture so as to say, go for it. It doesn't matter. Nothing can hurt now. And so he yelled, and he yelled, and he yelled, and he yelled. After several minutes passed, Lisa walked up behind him and laid her hand on his shoulder. Steve, 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 it's time to stop now. It's not going to work. Steve turned around, looking annoyed, but he knew she was right. He nodded his head in defeat. It was very late now, and the, t- and the team decided that they uh, needed to head up to the headquarters to drop their stuff off. Their once cheery conversations were now complete silence as they were all very tired and disappointed. After dropping off all the stuff in the meeting room, they turned to leave. But Lisa saw something odd out of the corner of her eye. It was a piece of paper with writing on it in a big font addressed to the team. Tune in to the next episode to see what the letter they got was, and remember to go to behind-it-science to learn more.